And good morning, everyone. As mentioned, my name is Father Jerry Hackenmiller. I'm here on behalf of Unbound. I come from Minnesota, so it's the uh, same climate as here today, so it's nice to be at home. <laughs> I'm a retired priest, but you know what happens with a retired priest, so here I am helping out and with a joyful spirit to do so. Unbound, as many of you know, because many of you are sponsors, we've been here several times now. How many people here are sponsors, actually? All kinds of you. Thank you so very much. I'll explain to the rest of you what Unbound is. Basically, the name means to unbind, to unbind children from the cycle of poverty, especially children who don't have a chance to go to school, but because of Unbound sponsors like you and I, they get that opportunity to escape poverty and to get an education and have a wonderful life ahead of them. So thank you for doing that. I'm glad to be with you today, as I mentioned, from Unbound. On behalf of Unbound, I'm here today to uh, the invitation of your pastor, Father Mark, to share with you once again the message of Unbound, the message of unbinding children from the cycle of poverty and giving them a chance at life. This apostolate began back in 1981 by five Catholic laymen and women, very much like yourself, young people who took the gospel very, very seriously, and uh, the message of the social dimension of the gospel of the Catholic Church, and began this Catholic apostolate outreach to the poorest of the poor. And so what we do is we try to make known, unknown, invisible children to you today to make them visible to you and then establish a relationship with that child as we walk with them through their years of education. And so the journey begins from Kansas City where our international headquarters is still located. And from there we reach out to 18 de developing countries around the world. <clears throat> they include uh, five countries from Africa, all of India, all of the Philippines, most of South America, all of Central America, parts of Mexico, wherever we find our children find us who want to go to school but simply don't have a chance unless somebody steps into their lives. <clears throat> Each of these countries has its own regional office in one of the major cities. And from there, their staff of anywhere from 20 to 30 or more people reach out to the farthest reaches of their own country. It might be way up in the mountains at the end of the road, or maybe in the inner city, in the pockets of poverty. For instance, 10 years ago, when I began with Unbound, sponsoring a child from El Salvador, I visited them and the staff in El Salvador, and one day they took us to the poorest area of the city of Santa Ana a city in which they had an abandoned railroad track that went on for miles and miles as far as the eye can see. Now, on either embankment of, the, of that railroad track, <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds of tin shacks with dirt floors and hundreds and hundreds of children, little boys not in school, little girls not in school, without a chance at an education. What some of them now do because of people like you and I who sponsor these kids, now they can simply have the most basic things like buying shoes, tennis shoes, to walk those long tracks, to get to a crossroad where they could pick, cross road where they could pick up a bus to take them to school. Without a sponsorship, that's impossible. 
Or sometimes maybe the little sister stays at home and has nothing to eat in a given day. <clears throat> or maybe grandma in a given month needs some medicine. When one child is sponsored, the whole family is able to take advantage of that for their own life situation. And so it is that we change so many, many, many lives. Also, a few years ago, I was in Nicaragua, and one day they took us on a trip way up into the mountains, literally the end of the road. The bus driver told us, this is where the highway ends, and this is where Unbound begins. So we reach out to the farthest reaches of the country to help out children, help them walk down those mountainous paths for a half hour, maybe more, in order to get to a little hamlet where they can go to school. Gives them a chance to escape that utter poverty. Also, just a few years ago, <clears throat> just before the pandemic began, I was in Guatemala visiting two of the kids, the boys that I sponsored there. One of them, his name is Ugo. Ugo was, of all things, studying hotel hospitality industry in college right before COVID. Huh? <laughs> but he finished and he got a job, a great job at a hotel. Now he has a good job and is able to support his own family. His other three or four siblings who don't have a chance to go to school yet. So he basically supports the whole family now. So this is how we transform children and transform their whole family. And in the process also the hamlets in which they live. And so the extended family is always in need and always gets need in so many different ways. I got an e-letter from Samantha. Samantha is one of the girls I sponsor in the Philippines. Samantha, I began sponsoring her a few years ago. She's now 14 next month. Samantha said that her dad lost his job in the cornfields. $2 a day, he lost his job. And now she said, the only income they have is the money that I give them monthly. So this is how dire, dire straits some of these kids and families live out their lives in utter poverty. <clears throat> so when this began, we began by one of the five founders who was living and teaching in Bogota, Colombia. And as he taught there, Bob Henson by name, he died recently. <clears throat> but Bob used to tell us that one day a little girl came up to him after class in his school and said, Mr. Henson, can I go to your school? And mom intervened immediately and said, there's no way I can't even put food on the table for this child. And so Bob made a promise right there on the spot. He said to the little girl, listen, I'm going to give you what would be equivalent today to about $40 a month with inflation. I'm going to give you that money each month as long as you go to school and stay in school. If you drop out of school, it's all over with. She took him up on it. She went through grade school. She graduated from high school. She graduated from the University of Bogota with a degree. Now she has three wonderful children, all well-educated, simply because one person dared to enter into her life and give her a chance at life. So this is how we touch many, many people, hundreds, thousands of people, of young people. The other sponsors or founders began to sponsor children. They used to go to churches like this as lay people and meet with the women's groups and the men's groups and the KCs and invite them to sponsor. <clears throat> Back in 1991, Jim Henson 
one of the founders had kind of a brainstorm, I guess. He said, why don't we invite old retired priests to come out of retirement and go around the nation and preach for Unbound? <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> that call was a wonderful call because it went from 20,000 to 100,000 to 200,000. We have almost 300,000 children sponsored today in these 18 countries. We're meager beginnings, but one by one, one at a time, connecting one person like you with a child in need, it transforms their life and transforms their family especially. And so when you, uh, when you came into church today from the outdoor entrance, you perhaps saw about 30 or so of these folders on two tables. Each of these folders is, represents a real child, a real picture who wants to go to school. This little guy, for instance, his name is Javier. Javier is from Guatemala. He's six years old. He just started kindergarten, walks 20 minutes a day to get there. But the point is now to keep him in school, to give him a chance. What happens so often with these children, especially from Guatemala, is they begin school, and about the third or fourth grade, the parents pull them back out of school to put them to work in the cornfields, and they're right back into the cycle of poverty in which they started in the first place. So the point is to get them in school and then keep them in school by our monthly donations. If you sponsor Javier, you'll get a new picture of him every year. I put my pictures up in my prayer wall and pray for him every day because they're praying for me. They always tell me with e-letters. So you establish that relationship with these children. And so it's a wonderful way in which we get in touch and stay in touch with children that we are now sponsoring and transforming lives. In the gospel today, we have a great example of how this all works because Jesus himself spoke of the authenticity of being a Christian, a follower of Christ. The gospel alerts us to false attitudes, the attitude that Paul spoke about in the second reading today. He gives an example of this attitude that people have in their faith towards Jesus. He says, two sons confronted with choices. Which son did the father's will? We all know the answer, pretty simple, it was the first one, right? <clears throat> but the first son describes us also, describes our faith journey describes our choices. In each one of those choices, we grow in our own faith and maturity. As we grow in our faith, unlike that second son who really didn't have any faith journey at all, he simply lied. He said that many, many, many like him today in our society simply pay lip service to our answers to God. The second son paid lip service, had no intention simply lied to avoid responsibility. And so our gospel reminds, the gospel reminds us today that we need to be alert of situations like this, the consequences of our own word. We are called to be faithful in our baptismal call and respond to that call throughout our lives. And so the example of, the, of each of us can be this Eucharistic celebration that we're celebrating today. We, both celebrant and congregation, can fall into the trap of simply reciting words, celebrating rituals, as I like to put it, instead of celebrating the liturgy. We pay lip service to what's going on. 
Well, we are here present, can be like that first sun. We are called to constant growth. We are called to use this liturgy as a tool. The liturgy is a tool to, as a means to connect us with God and connect us with a fellow human being around the world in need. It means to become a person, the person that God wants us to be. We are called to worship God in spirit and truth, not just words of ritual. Finally, the celebration should lead us to discipleship. That's so important. Many of us can go through life as simply being followers of Jesus, but follow, <clears throat> followers is not what the Lord calls us to be. That's the starting point. He calls us to be disciples. Disciples of Jesus mean that we become like Jesus. We become the face of Jesus in the society today, especially as we do as he did to reach out to the most vulnerable in our midst. <clears throat> to become a disciple of Jesus, our mentor, we need to respond to the constant call of the Eucharistic celebrations that we celebrate each day. Those who are born in poverty, unbound, presents us with a very unique way, challenge, to help these people as Christ would do today. And so here's how it works. If you want to sponsor a child or an elderly person, you know, we're the only group of our kind that also sponsors elderly people, as some of you know. It doesn't mean about their education so much as just giving them in the last few years of life, some dignity. For instance, when I was in El Salvador, walking along those railroad tracks, an elderly lady shouted out to me, Padre, Padre. She knew I was from Unbound and spoke Spanish. And she said to me that, Father, last night was the first time in my life I slept in the bed. So I asked her, how did that come about? She said, I've been saving my pesos for the last couple of years. I finally have enough saved up. Unbound delivered me a bed last night. And she said, last night was the first time in my life that I slept in a bed instead of on a mat on a dirt floor. 84 years old, basically my age today. First time she slept in the bed. This is how we touch people, even in their elderly life. You know, some years ago, I was in Portland preaching one morning. I saw one of these folders, and the folders had a picture of an elderly person he was at that, that time, he was 79 years old. But, and that's what caught my attention. His name is Carlos from the Philippines. 79 he was. I thought, he's 79. At that time, I was also a young 79. And I thought, I'm going to sponsor Carlos. We'll see which one of us goes first. Huh? <laughs> when Carlos dies, of course, it's all over with. But if I go first unbound, we'll continue to sponsor him regardless until death by other donations that people give. We never stop sponsoring elderly people. Children, yes, once they leave the program. And so what we ask is basically what we ask in the beginning, a donation of $40 a month. $40 a month to transform the life of children. That might seem a lot for some people, and for some people it is. But we're called to sacrifice. We're called to do as Christ did on the cross. Sacrifice not just for himself, but sacrifice for all of us to help us in our greatest needs. And so we need to give up maybe something. Maybe young people give up a power drink or something each day and sponsor a child with your parents. Huh? 
Or maybe we elderly people give up a cup of coffee each day, just a little sacrifice. Or I'd like to say give up a Starbucks each day and sponsor half a dozen kids. Huh? <laughs> it's that sacrifice that we make a choice in order that other children have a choice. A choice at going to school, a choice of an education. And so you can do that by way of being billed each month from Kansas City. You can do it with automatic check withdrawal or automatic um, uh, debit card, credit card. At the end of the Mass, it'll take another minute to, to finish off this homily, explain how to do that. I've been sponsors, as I mentioned, nine people over the last years. Five now have graduated, four are still living and still uh, helping, uh, <clears throat> trying to get an education. All of them, two of them want to be nurses and two of them, two of them want to be teachers. So I want to help them to achieve that goal in their life. The last thing I want to mention is stewardship. It's so important to all of us. Around 92% of the money goes to the actual child and family in need. 92%, the highest percentage of any group of our kind in the nation today. So check us out on Charity Watch International, Charity Navigator, any one of these groups. And they put Unbound at the highest rating year after year after year because they know the money is going to where it's supposed to go. And you can be assured also that that's the case. So thanks again to Father Mark for inviting us back once again this year. And hopefully we'll see many, many of you at the tables outside after Mass, taking a child home with you or the picture of a child and establish a wonderful relationship. God bless you and thank you for your attention. I'm going to take a final moment to, to uh, complete my homily of today in terms of how you sponsor a child. You can always go to unbound.org, go online, and do it right online. So, or use the bulletin insert of today. So thanks again for the great opportunity to be with you to present to you this apostolate, and hopefully you'll take advantage. God bless you.